0: Hey, good morning. Good, morning. good morning. Thanks, Velez family, and you're all related by blood and marriage, yes. right? Except for one yeah, the piano, play like the piano player. He's he's adopted uh, from the family. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys coming today. You know, life. Uh, just thinking about this, life has changes. How many even like change? Just love change. Why? Because change requires us to make adjustments, right? We have to change. And we have to try to figure out and, and make adjustments to what's what. And, and uh, you know, the reason I say that is because, you know, I had that cataract surgery last week, and so I've, I'm having a, there's a lot of changes, a lot of adjustments that I'm trying to figure out and go through. It, like, it kind of twists you up somehow. It kind of, it's, uh, I mean, you you have to get used to seeing me now without glasses on, so that's a big adjustment, too, right? But, you know, for me, keep praying for me, too, because things change, and you have to kind of figure out, well, how does that work? You know, what size do I need to make my notes now? (laughs) This size doesn't work, to be honest with you. But I didn't know that until I got here today, going like, this doesn't work. So I'm just going to go off the top of my head today. There no, <laughs> I, I can see it, really I can't, it's just not the way it's supposed to be. So let's open our Bibles, Second John please, Second John, last time, there we go. Last time we, we talked about you know deceivers and uh, John says to watch out for imposters those that would you know would mislead people to be careful watch out it's not you can't just believe everything you hear and just because somebody says that they you know are teaching the truth we have to hold on to Jesus we have to hold on to the Word of God to really know the truth. Without that, we, we can get misled. We can get taken all kinds of different directions. The issue, it, pretty much, I mean, there, there are a lot of issues, but pretty much the, the two issues are one is Jesus, who he is and what he's done, and the Word of God. When they start to get away from those two things and go beyond, it says they actually went beyond, they run ahead. And they don't continue in the teaching of Christ. They, watch out. We're going we're to get in trouble. Every time. Every time. You see, I think part of the problem is, this, is, is our prideful human nature. Because we think we know better. We even know better than God. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to give God counsel? <laughs> and, you know, Job, you know... God said to him, Who is it? Who is this that's giving me counsel? Where were you when I, you know, created this and did this? So, but but we think we know better. We think we know. God, are you sure? Like that doesn't seem right what you're doing. Watch out. So, but if we leave Jesus out of the equation, he says we have nothing, and, and we it's just a social group. Mm-hmm. We could come here. I remember Bill Kinneman talked about this. He, you know, he went somewhere on a Christmas service. It was a church, and all they had was the night. It was the night before Christmas. That was as deep as it got. Wow. And we can we could do that, and, and you know, maybe they had a nice social gathering and everything. But if you leave out the truth, what do you have in the end? You have nothing, zero. So be careful. So we're going to move on from there, and, and it kind of the theme continues in a sense. that so and the, the whole letter is really about truth. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. It says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. The word means to greet him or to, well, you know, to say Godspeed to you. Anyone who welcomes him shares in this wicked work or his wicked work. It's kind of a, kind of a difficult thing that John's saying here, isn't it? He goes on and, and he's just been talking about watch out for these people. Now he says, watch out for when people come to you and how do you deal with them and, and how far do you go? And, and ultimately, it's do you hang out with them? See, at the time, there were like traveling teachers, and, and it kind of happens now, but, but it was more then. I mean, they didn't have you know, the communication, they didn't have you know, all the books and the Bibles and everything that we have today. And so you had the traveling teachers, they would go around, and, and it was expected that you would take care of them and uh, be hospitable, right? Hospitality. Now, the Bible says hospitality is a good thing, right? But now we hear, we, we see John, you know, who is the apostle of what? Love. Love. John saying, if these people come and they're, they're going beyond, they're not teaching the, the faithful truth about who Jesus is and the Word of God, then don't even give them a snack. Don't even say hello to them. You know. So we, we see how important this is to John about the truth. These circuit-riding preachers, somebody said, and they wanted food and they wanted sustenance. We do see that kind of thing happening today where some of the preachers and some of the, some of the, the teachers that are out there, they basically, they want you to give to them so that they can, I don't know, buy jet airplanes or something. Yeah. But let's make it a little more personal. Let's talk about us. And, and he's talking about, you know, don't even let them into your home. Don't take them into your house. And, and obviously it applies to our church too. This is the house of God. This is our house, our home, our home church. It's not the only church, obviously, but we, we have to be on guard. We have to watch out. Warren Wearsby said, be careful who we let into our homes and who we support. Mm-hmm. When we send money to this group or to that group or whatever, we have to, we have to know what, where do they stand. Where, because he's, he says here, this is something that we need to take into account. And, and when we support someone who's doing strange and weird things, we, we share in their work. For good or For bad. It's kind of a strong stand he's taken here, isn't he? But but the stand is for what? For truth. You have to take a strong stand for truth sometimes. You just have to. You just need to stand up for the truth. So there were these false teachers, right? And they, they would deny the deity of Jesus. They would deny the humanity. That's what he said earlier. You know, that Jesus came in the flesh, they would deny that. Uh, and, and pretty much the fundamentals of what Christianity truly is. And I'm not talking about, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, people say, you know, we're, we're a Christian nation or, or this group of, we're all Christians or whatever. But I'm not talking about the truth of Christianity, which is found in our Bibles here today. He said, no. You, you, you need to stand firm on these things. You can't just waffle. Paul said it, and notice the word he says there, if anyone comes to you, and does not bring this teaching, if anyone comes to you, anyone. Paul was talking about himself as well. He said in Galatians, he says, but even if we... Or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. He's, Paul said, even if I come to you and, and bring some weird, strange truth, don't listen. You've got to stand up for what's true, what's right. Of course, how are you going to know if it's true or right? How will you know? If you don't know what the Bible says, you're not going to know, and you you could be taken captive with some false philosophy, false teaching, false truth, which is no truth at all. Paul said in Romans chapter 16, he said, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you have learned. He says, keep away from them. You have to decide, who are you going to spend? Keep away from them. Who are you going to spend time with? Who are you going to hang out with? He said, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. That's why they're doing it. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Paul's Paul's saying we, we need to not be naive. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. It's back there. Can you smell it? We should not be naive and just whatever comes down the pike. I've seen it. I've been a Christian a long time, and I've seen the different waves of fads, of different things that come down, and you just go like, wow, that's weird. And then it fades and goes away, and then another one comes along. Well, oh, that's even weirder than the last thing. And then another thing comes along. It it, kind of comes in in waves like that, but there's nothing new. Mm -hmm. Nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. 1 Timothy, Paul said, If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He goes on to say they've been robbed of the truth. They, they have corrupt minds and they think that godliness is a means to financial gain. If it, if it all becomes about money, that's the first one of the first indicators. If it all becomes about what they need, it's it's a it's a red light that should come on. You say, "Man, I don't know. You're 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 kind of rigid, you're kind of harsh." Don't you think? But isn't that what we're hearing in our society today? The modern inclination is to be tolerant. Mm-hmm. You, you hear the word inclusive, right? right. We've got to include everybody and everything and make the tent as big as we can. But John's saying no. no. We can't do that. Someone said the New Testament writers didn't share this spirit of toleration and our age has lost its convictions about the truth. Mm. And that's true. Back to the Bible. Back to the truth. Be tolerant. Be inclusive of everybody and anybody. Don't offend anybody. At the expense of what? At the expense of the truth. Of what God's word actually says. Be careful. He says we share... In his wicked work or their wicked worth, uh, work. In other words, we approve of it. We condone it. One of the things that, that we've seen, I've seen in my lifetime, is this thing called the ecumenical movement. How many of you have heard about that? That means that all churches are one. Yeah. We're all going to join together. But the problem, the biggest problem with that is... is, is. We have to use what's, what's the lowest common denominator. You remember that in math when you were back in school? The lowest common denominator. That means, you know, basically, if you are a human being, that's about as low as you can get, then we're all going to be together. We're going to all unify around that. But John says that's, that's, that doesn't work. David Guzik said that in this, some are so open-minded that they are empty-headed. Jesus, in in the book of Revelation, he's speaking to the churches, right? And he says this, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate, there's that word, tolerate, that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I'm sorry, but there are churches that that are tolerant of any and every kind of sexual behavior. And the Bible is very, very clear from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation. The Bible is very, very clear about sexual behavior. It's between a man and woman, husband and wife. That's, That's the parameters that God spells out in His Word. So to open the door and say, well, this is okay and, and that is okay and we're going we're to we're be fluid about all that, we can't. Jesus rebuked that church because of it. he said, I have this against you, you tolerate that, you allow that, you, you allow these things to happen. In the church, in the church, we're going to talk about in the world in just a second here. Be careful who you hang out with, who you allow into your life, because the truth of the matter is that we are affected by these things. We are affected by these things. Now, we have to, you know, how we treat people. I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 13. It says, you know, love is not rude. That doesn't mean that we just get rude in everybody's faces, right? But we need to stand for truth, but do it in love. Even in in 2 Thessalonians, it says, If anyone doesn't obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. Yet, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So, So if they truly are Christian, and they have some kind of teaching that goes off, and we need to stand up for the truth, the 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 point of it is to restore, right? It's to be redemptive. It's to to, to bring them back to what the truth is. But if we if we just kind of not say anything, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not gonna, you know, it's okay. We're you know, it's okay. We're going to hang out even though they've got you know these kinds of things. We 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 kind of condone. We say it, it's okay. Let's turn with me, please, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and and if you know the story in 1 Corinthians, there were a lot of problems in the church, right? Excuse me, has it changed at all? Why? Because we're all still... Human beings, sinners, and we we you know we're, we live in a fallen world, and and things are broken. So so but but it was was happening there. They were pretty much open the door to anything and everything. He says in verse one, chapter five, it's it's actually reported there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that does not even occur among pagans. He's saying there's stuff going on there that that even the world isn't uh, you know getting involved in. And this is in the church. But jump down to verse 9. He says, I have written you in my letter not to associate, there's that word again, with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and the swindlers or idolaters, in that case, you would have to leave this world. So he isn't saying, you know, you can never be with somebody who is not, you know, uh, moral. But he says in verse 11, But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother or a sister, a believer, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler." With such a man do not even eat. So, so it's not, you know, he says, it, if if you couldn't spend any time with with, you know, it's not that you can't spend time with people who are not believers. But people who say they are believers and they have some weird truth and they believe that you can do just about anything you want to do, he says, don't, 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 Get involved with them. Don't, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians talks about, you know, don't be unequally yoked in chapter 6. Don't, do don't you know, join together with them. Don't hang out with them. Now jump ahead to 1 Corinthians 15. One more passage on this subject. And and kind of want to make it... Uh, Practical in a sense. 1 Corinthians 15, and what does 1 Corinthians 15 talk about? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's pretty much most of the chapter, and it's a very long chapter, and it deals with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in the middle of that, look at verse 33. Verse thirty-three. He says, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning." He, he says, "The people you hang out with will affect you. The people you listen to will affect you." Now, I, I noticed uh, I just have an antenna on my TV set because I am so cheap. I don't want to spend money on cable TV, to be honest with you. And the prices are outrageous, for one. So I have an antenna, right? And they just lately added a, a new channel on there. It wasn't on there before, but this channel. But I noticed, I'm watching it, and they have some good stuff on there, and they have some stuff that's not so good. And I, and I kind of noticed, so, so you have to be careful and you have to have a mind of, of discernment like, is, is this, you know, if I could just watch everything that's on this channel now and, and everything on there is going to be good because it is a Christian channel. You have to have a little bit of discernment. He says, bad company corrupts good character. If I just listen to a lot of stuff that is way out there, it's going to affect me. It will affect me. The word corrupt means to... Uh, shrivel or wither, to spoil or ruin. Second Corinthians, he talks about, about being corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So who we, who we hang out with, who we listen to, who we allow into our hearts and our minds and our homes, it will definitely, absolutely affect us. If I start listening to, uh, you know, all kinds of, you know, strange music, I love music. But you have to be careful what you listen to. Some of it is full of, you know, profanity. Oh, that doesn't bother me until you start singing along with it. Well, that's not going to affect me. And they're talking about, you know, immoral behavior and, and you know, uh, I don't mean to pick on country-western music. I used to work at a country-western radio station when when I was a kid. But you know, it's all about, it's not all about, but a lot of it is about getting drunk, right? Am I making this up? Or fooling around with somebody. That's pretty much, you know, the major themes. And and uh, I I was so I was working at this Christian radio or this country radio station, and I was noticing that, and and you'd have these people, they sing about getting drunk and going out on Friday night and picking up this girl and doing this thing. And then they had a song, Oh, how I love Jesus. And you go, wow, what, like what? you know something and this is the kind of thing that John's talking about this is the kind of thing that the the scripture says you know can you do both of those things what fellowship has light with darkness so i wrote a song at that time called us country folk love jesus too it was kind of satirical in a sense of like hey and i played it for some of the people there and it didn't go over very well <laughs> For some reason. Now, you know, I'm a really young Christian, so maybe I came in a little too strong. But but to stand up for truth. Stand up for truth. Bad company corrupts good character. If you want good character... If you want moral character, if you're hanging out with people, you're listening to people, you're you know that are that are just living completely differently, and if they profess to be a believer, you have to say, no, what I can't. I've had people you know who who profess to be Christians, and they you know are saying, well you know uh, you you hear that they're doing this or doing that. They're going to travel across country you know with this girl, and you know, oh really? I'm sorry, but I can't, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a relationship where, you know, we, we would get together and have lunch on a regular basis, and I had to say, you know what, I can't, and I had to tell him why. I can't, because I'm condoning what you are doing, and it's not biblical, it's not moral according to what the Bible teaches. We have to make these kinds of choices sometimes. Again, it's not because the person you work with, you know, they're, they're not believers, You'd have to leave the world and go live in a monastery somewhere. How's that working out for you? Can't pay the bills. But if the person is saying, you know, I'm a solid Christian and they're doing this and that and, and, you know, and you're having lunch together, you, you might have to say, you know what, I can't. I can't. Because it's not right. Now, is that going to earn you any points? Is that going to make your life go smoother? No, but in this world... This is what's going to happen. Because we see it over and over again that the whole sexual, you know, revolution, and everything that's going on today, and, and they've taken it out to, to you know uh, so far now that it, it doesn't even make any common sense, much less sense. But if you don't buy in, you are going to be persecuted. You will be persecuted, and they will come after the churches. They already are in many countries, places like Canada, just across the border. They're coming after you if you say anything against any kind of you know, uh, other type of sexual relationship. Is it not going to happen here? Oh, it's already happening here. And the truth of the matter is, is it's, it's militant. It's militant. And will it affect the churches in our nation and country? Yes, it will. I hate to say it, but, you know, we've got a pretty good thing going now. But things will change because we stand up for truth. If we just say, oh, yeah, that's okay, no problem, no problem. Proverbs 13 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Who do you hang out with? We kind of think, you know, well, you know, it's, it's this idea of missionary dating too, you know. Uh, I, you know, I want a nice Christian girl or a nice Christian guy, but, but you know, this girl is really nice or that guy's really cute and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll change them. I'll affect them. But I've seen it every time where it doesn't work that way. Oh, there's, there's, there's exceptions, obviously, to the rule where, you know, the person becomes a believer, and, and that does happen, but, but most often it's the other way around, where, you know, you're affected by that person, and, and, and uh, thinking they won't affect me, it doesn't work. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What do we have in common? Uh, GotQuestions.org says the magnetic pull towards pleasing those we are around is a universal human problem. Mm -hmm. We call that peer pressure, right? Who are you hanging around with and, and say, well, yeah, we can do this. We can smoke this. We can drink this. It's okay. We can take this. I remember kind of what sealed it for me. I had become a believer, but I was still, I was still going to some parties with my friends, right? And uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a believer for very long, but I, but I went to this party, right? And, and one of my best friends, you know, played this trick on me. And basically, it was just a stupid trick where they just poured beer all over me. You know, close your eyes and put a coin on your nose, and then they just pour beer on you. Like, that's a nice, fun trick. But it, but it opened my eyes literally to the fact that these are not my friends. Right. These are not people who I can, I'm going to grow with and, and learn with. Yeah. Yeah. And so I pretty much you know, stopped that old nonsense. And I had been involved in that for years. I mean, it was like that's how I grew up. In San Diego, you know, the, the, whole, the whole thing that was happening at that time. Bad company corrupts good character. Who are you hanging out with? This isn't just about false teachers. This is, this is about people who, you know, are into all kinds of weird and crazy stuff. Proverbs 12 says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. We've got to be careful who we choose our friends. Yeah. Psalm 1, and I'll... I'll I'm not, no, that's a lie. I'm not going to close with this. Uh, Psalm <laughs> 1 <laughs> said, said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. You want to be blessed in your life? You don't walk in what the world's saying, what these people are saying, the wicked. You don't stand with them. You don't sit with them. And John's been saying it. Paul's been saying it. Jesus is saying, who do you you associate with? Say, well, I don't have any Christian friends. Well, get some. If you want a friend, be a friend. Reach out to somebody. I don't have the time. Why? Because I'm hanging out with this person. I'm I'm doing this or that. Well, you know, we have to make choices. We have to adjust, right? That's what I started with. We have to make adjustments. Things change. The story of Lot. Well, let me finish in Psalm 1. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and and on his law he meditates day and night. The Word of God is part of your life. The Scripture, daily in the Word. Daily in the Word. I can't say it enough. And if Dan Kenwin was here, he'd say, "Are you, are you reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible today?" But back in the Book of Genesis, and I will close with this: uh, there was a man named Lot. How many of you have heard about this guy named Lot? Right, he was Abraham's nephew. And he was out there, and they were they were in the same place, and you know they they had some struggles and trials, and, and uh, they they realized they needed you know there was a lot of space, and 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 they kind of separated, so they would just have more land, right? And so you know Abraham he was generous. He said, "You just choose whatever you want, and I'll go the other way. You choose this way, I'll go that way." So Lot kind of chose this direction, and Abraham went that direction. But it says there in Genesis 13 that it says, first it says that Lot pitched his tent near Sodom. Now, Sodom was a wicked, wicked place. You read the whole, the whole story there. A wicked place. And so we, we see in chapter 13, it says he pitched his tent near Sodom. But then in chapter 19, we see Lot, he's sitting where? In the gateway. He's like right in the middle. That's where, you know, people, the, the, the people who made decisions about the the, the city hung out. He, he was like right in the very middle of it. So it was kind of like this, this move, this movement that he made from just being near it to now he's just all in, involved in it. Who got affected here? The interesting thing, Peter talks about Lot in, in 2 Peter, he says that that, that God rescued Lot. He was a righteous man. He was, he was a, a believer in God. He says, But, but Lot was distressed by the filthy lies of lawless men, for that righteous man, Lot, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds that he saw and heard. So he, he was affected by it, but it was like he was, it was driving him crazy. But, but the truth is, he didn't leave on his own accord. God came and took him out. Because God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's exactly what he did, right? Right? But he rescued him from that. But, but Lot was perfectly happy to stay. And, and then we read about Lot's wife. What happened to her? God told Lot, don't look back. You go away. You go forward. Do not look back to that wickedness in that place. And what, is, what does it say happened to Lot's wife? She looked back. And she became a pillar of salt, it says. She looked back. God wants us to go forward and, and, and follow him. If you're going to follow me, he says, follow me. If not, don't. You're either with me or you're against me. you either for me or you're against me. You're either following right after me and you're, you're going to true, You stand up for what is true and the word of God teaches or you're going to, you're going to just go out. But, but, but don't try to do both because it doesn't work. You can't do both. Joshua says, choose this day who you will serve. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is living and active and it is so important. It's so powerful. It's so uh, able to direct us and even to rebuke us for, for things and and in our own lives that we are kind of like compromising. Well, a little bit of this won't hurt, a little bit of that won't hurt. And, and maybe I can watch this and I can listen to this and I can look at this or I can hang out with this person or that person and, and we end up compromising and we end up being taken down a pretty bad path. Lord, help us. Give us a discernment. Give us wisdom and who we associate with, who we listen to, who, who we pay attention to. Father God, we we are uh, we are so in need of you. We're so in need of you today. Show us, Lord. I pray for. I pray for good friendships, for good, solid, believing fellowship, Lord. I pray you would, you would strengthen that even here in our church. Yeah, we get along pretty much, but, but Lord, we need more fellowship. We, meet, we need more uh, of heart-to-heart uh, uh, koinonia. Let it be so in, 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 in this church that people love one another, people care for one another, but we also stand for the truth the truth of your word help us i pray lord i pray also for any who don't know you don't have a relationship with you and and are lost and want to find life want to find hope if that's you today I'll, All you need to do is open your life to Jesus Christ. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, and and so he is the way. He is the hope. Just let him in. Just say, Jesus, please come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me. I'm, I'm lost. I need... I need help. Forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand together, please.